culture. We've over the last couple of weeks we've answered some of the questions that people have, you know, about um, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is it is it a, 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 is it valid for the New Testament? And the reality of it is, is scripturally it is for us in the New Testament. It was at the beginning of the church age and it's right through the church age where you can be born again and have the Spirit of God live in you, but you can also be baptized in the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit come upon you for power. And um, Jesus said you shall be endued with power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so that is another experience. It's the Pentecostal experience. You know, you have um, Passover. We're saved by Passover. Jesus died at Passover. But then the Pentecost was 50 days later. And it's another experience where you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I've looked at different things with that this last couple of weeks. Um, I want to look again tonight at the benefits of speaking in tongues are the benefits of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and you know why does the scriptures talk about it and what's so important about it and what, what, why is it so necessary that we do be baptized in the Holy Spirit amen um, let me just share this scripture again and I'm going to move on to a couple of things tonight um, is, it, is, it, is it okay with the lighting you want me to put the other lights on or is it okay is it okay sleep better not lighting you amen um, you know here here um, this is what stops, I said this last week, this is what stops many people from using the gift even after they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is because the Bible says when you speak in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're saying. You have to have faith that whenever you're speaking in tongues that you're not speaking on to man, but you're speaking on to God. And you're not speaking out of your head, you're speaking out of your spirit. So it takes faith to speak in tongues to begin with because you don't understand what you're saying. But the Bible tells us in Jude um, chapter 1, verse 20, there is only one chapter um, Jude 1 verse 20 it says that you build yourself up in your most holy faith and so it lets you know when you pray in, in tongues it, it, you're operating in your faith because your head doesn't know what you're saying but you have to believe that you're speaking to God and the benefits are actually a fact in your life so there is benefits from speaking in tongues, amen um, we looked last week and we We've seen here that the first benefit that we looked at about being baptized in the Holy Spirit is boldness. And we've seen that Peter, before, um, before the cross... He denied Jesus in front of a little girl whenever he was asked about, you know, was he, was he one of Jesus' followers? And then you see, after you come through the cross, he gets saved and gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you see him stand up in, in the street and publicly declare about Jesus with boldness. And what happened? Well, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he changes you. And you turn into a different person. And there's a boldness that comes when you're baptized um, in the Holy Spirit. You know, I said last week that um, the righteous are as bold as a lion, not as timid as a mouse. And God wants us to be bold Christians and not afraid to speak up um, for what we believe. That doesn't mean getting people's faces, but when we're asked not to be ashamed, in other words, always have an answer, the Bible says, for the hope that's in you. Amen. Um, so boldness, that was what we looked at last week. Uh, the last thing that we looked at last week was revelation knowledge. When you are, when you, when you're baptizing the Holy Spirit, just the scriptures come alive. And here we've seen this setting here in Isaiah 28, where it talks about speaking in tongues. It's sandwiched in, as we looked at last week, between, you know, um, doctrine and line upon line, precept upon 
precept. And really, when, when, you, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, revelation knowledge just explodes. It really does. You, you, the Scripture and the hunger for the Scripture, the Scriptures just come alive. Amen? Because you have the author of the Scriptures now living in you. Amen? And now he's ministering to you, Spirit to Spirit. Now, I want to move on from this um, this evening and look at a few more um, benefits of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, I just ask you this, have you ever been tired? Or have you ever been so tired that you enter into grumpy mode? Does any, anybody know, Tanya, definitely, you know, <laughs> we grew up in the same house and I can say Tanya was happy all the time, never was grumpy, no, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but have you ever been so tired that you just enter into grumpy mode? Do you know, do you know why? Because you get, you get irritated more, quicker whenever you're tired. Things get on your nerves quicker when you're tired. Do you know, do you know when you're tired, you can get in the flash very, very easy? You know, Donna would say to me whenever I'm tired, you just say, Paul, it's about time you went to bed because I, I get sharp. I, I say things that I don't normally say or just how I say things, isn't it? You know, it just, maybe just not even realizing, you know, you're just, you're on edge. You know, kids are the same. You know, the kids, when the kids are tired, they're at their worst. And you'd just be glad to get them to sleep because they're playing up, you know, the whinge and they're, they're tired and they're, nothing satisfies them. You know, no matter what you do for them, it doesn't satisfy them. And you know what they need? They need a good, well, sleep. Yeah, sleep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good sleep they need a rest that's why you know it's why it's it's not it's not the best time to to you know to try and discipline the kids or whatever whenever they're tired because they don't even realize sometimes what they're doing they're not tired you know and the best thing is just get them to sleep they're just whingy tired you know yourself what it's like many have ever said it's time for a holiday yeah, it's time for a good... Some of you may be thinking right now it's time for a holiday. You know, because you know, your body's go, 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 and you just know you need... You just need time out. And it's important to take time out. It's important to rest. You know, in your body, God has given you the ability to rest. And, and you know what? We do it. We're meant to do it every night. Like, you know, go to sleep. Even in our makeup, you know, we're designed to sleep. We need to sleep. And you know you function better when you do get a good night's sleep. You know if you go night after night, no late night after late night and early morning, late night, early morning, late night, after a while it can catch up on you and you just need to rest. Amen. And you know, we, we as Christians, we're the same. I, I, I found that Christians, when they're not at rest, they're in the flesh. You get in the flesh very, very easy. When we're not at rest, we can get in the flesh very easy. Um, when you know when you're not at rest, you're not at your best. Amen. And just share this: you're at your worst when you're not at rest. Amen. You're at your best when you're at rest. You know, God God desires for us to rest in Him, and rest. As a Christian, resting in God does not mean being lazy. Resting in God is not, oh, do you know what? That's not resting in God. Resting in God is relying on what Jesus has done for you. It is not putting effort and, and, and all of the focus on you and your performance. And it's not a performance-based thing where there's a struggle. And when we rely on ourselves or do things in the flesh, there's a struggle to our Christian experience. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are 
uh, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and you will find rest basically for your souls. You know, Jesus said, when you're struggling and when you're under pressure, he said, come to me and you'll find rest for your souls. You know, the reason we can wear ourselves out is because we're not relying on him. Because we're trying to do it. You know, when you yoke, to yoke means that, you know, uh, the, the, the oxen, they would have done it with oxen. They'd have put two oxen together in a yoke and they would have plowed a field. And what they usually done was they would have a mature ox and a junior ox. And the junior ox would learn off of the mature ox and you'd put them in in a, in a, a, a yoke and yoke them together and they would plow out the field and um, that's a picture of the way Jesus wants us to be do you know when we try to be the mature ox and we're doing it in our strength we were ourselves out as Christians because we are not designed to do this Christian walk in our strength in our ability and so when we try to do it in our ability do you know what happens we were ourselves out we get in the flesh very easy pride can enter in we think it's about us and all of our effort there becomes a struggle to the Christian walk and we're operating out of struggle instead of operating out of rest but Jesus said come to me and learn of me yoke yourself together with me don't you be the mature ox you be the one alongside of me and you live this life out of my strength not out of your strength amen and what happens with us many times we can come to the place where we just be wore out and over in um, in Hebrews the Bible tells us that our only work as a Christian is to work to labor to enter into his rest and you know what that simply means we're to work at not working but that simply means we're, we're to work at not relying on ourselves. We're to work at not staying in the driving seat, but putting Jesus in the driving seat and relying on what he has done for us and living this Christian life out of his strength and not out of our strength. But you know what happens with us? We become weary whenever we start living this Christian life out of our strength. Many, many have ever been weary as a Christian. Yeah? And we've all been weary, I'm sure. I've been weary as a Christian. And I can tell you, do you know whenever I'm weary as a Christian is whenever I'm not resting. And I don't mean resting as I'm sleeping. Man, you know, if, if you rest physically, you're more energized to do more. You're actually, you'll be more productive. And it's the same in God. When you rest in His strength, through His strength, you're able to do more and accomplish more. Resting is not a lazy thing in God. It's actually just living this life, leaning on Him and doing this life out of His strength instead of doing it out of our strength. What did Paul say? It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in and through me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul said, I don't live this Christian life out of my strength. I live my Christian life by resting in his strength and I lean on him and I'm yoked to him and he's the one carrying the load and I'm just working alongside him amen you see if Jesus is carrying the burden you don't have a burden amen now our yoke is easy and it's light 
So when you talk there about our burden, our burden is a light burden. It's not a heavy burden. What that simply means is there's just a hunger and a desire to do what God's called you to do. That's our burden. But any time we get where it becomes a struggle, it's because we're trying to do this Christian walk in the flesh. And we need to rest. Amen? Um, Sometimes we can become battle-weary. That just simply means we've been standing for a long period of time and sometimes not seeing the, the harvest coming as quick as we'd like. And that's why we have to have patience when we stand in faith. And sometimes when you've done all the stand and all you're doing is standing and standing and standing, it doesn't look like anything is changing and you're standing. Sometimes there's a tendency to become weary. But the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. You can be doing the right thing and have a tendency to become weary in doing the right thing. But the Bible encourages us, do not become weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you don't faint. Do you know what? Let me just say, there's a lot of people in here, you're going to reap because you won't faint. Amen. Amen. You won't give up. And the Bible just tells us, what do we do when we're waiting? We just need to wait and have patience and keep believing what God says. And the Bible promises that you shall reap if you do not faint. Do you know what? Sometimes we just give up too quick. We were talking about it the other day. Do you know when Peter was walking on the water? Remember he was walking on the water to go to Jesus? And the, the Bible says that he took his eyes off Jesus and put them on the waves. As long as he was looking at Jesus, he walked on the water. But the Bible says the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, you know what happened? He began, he began to sink. You don't begin to sink. You know, in the natural, you don't begin to sink. You just sink. If you stand on water, you try to stand on water, you don't begin to sink. Begin to sink is, you know, you just sink. Amen. Do you know what? I mean, he, as he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking around, he's probably still seeing Jesus out of the corner of his eyes, and he's starting to go down. But if you read the story, it says, it says Jesus reached forth and grabbed him. Do you know he was that close to coming to Jesus and walking the whole way that Jesus was able to reach and grab him? And sometimes we take our eye off the ball just at the last minutes. And Satan will throw us, throw the, you know, we'd say, throw the kitchen sink at you right at the last. Because he knows, you know what, this is the last stand. And if they, if they, don't, if they don't fall now, you know what I mean? They're going to get the prize. And the harvest is just round the corner and he'll throw everything. That's why sometimes there's so much pressure comes whenever you're standing. Because Satan's trying to get you off of your stand. But you know what happened on all to stand? What do you do? Stand. stand therefore. But we can become weary just, just by standing. Just by standing so long we can become weary. And that's why we need to be able to be refreshed. We need to be able to be at rest. And one of the ways that we be at rest so that we can be at our best. Amen. You're at your best when you're at rest. Amen. Is to is to be rested and to refresh. One of the ways to do that is to pray in the Spirit. It's one of the benefits that comes. When we pray in the Spirit, it helps us to stand. When we pray in the Spirit, it helps us to be refreshed. It helps us to be rested for the fight. So that, you know, we all feel the pressure coming. And when the pressure comes, one of the best things that you can do is take a time out and say, you know what, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you're being rested. And when you're rested, you know what? You're more refreshed for the fight. And it gives you the ability to keep standing. It gives you the ability to get up in life and face whatever comes because you are at rest. When you're at rest, you won't get in the flashes easy. When you're at rest, you can stand longer. And so God has given us a wonderful promise 
And that is that there is a rest that comes whenever you pray in the Spirit. Amen? Look what it says here. Um, Isaiah 28 and verse 11. And again, this is, a, this is quoted as speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14 in the, in the um, New Testament. But it says here, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. That's praying in the Spirit. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Do you know when you rest, you're refreshed. Amen? When you rest, you are refreshed. And here's one of the ways to be at rest, is to pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you're resting. Amen? Amen? Resting is not being lazy. Resting is relying on his energy and his strength. Just like when you sleep at night, your body is being, you know, administered to and energized for the next day. You know what? When you pray in the Spirit, your body, your life, your inner man, your walk is being energized so that you can take on this life and take it on not in your strength, but take it on in His strength. Amen? What does the Bible say? Those that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength, which means to exchange your strength for His strength. Amen? We don't have to do this Christian walk in our strength. Trying to do it in our strength is impossible. Amen? It's impossible. But you know what? Thank God there's a place to be rested. And what do we do? Pray in the Spirit. Amen? When you take time out and when you're driving or when you're doing the dishes or when you're ironing or, you know what I mean, doing the housework or, you know what, whatever you're doing and you just get a bit of time to yourself, you don't have to be ever so holy and, you know what, you know, get in a holy environment. You can do it when you're driving in the car. I love driving the car on my own. Because when I get in the car on my own, that's my time. I like to spend time with God that way. Yeah. Uh, just, just like, or go up and close the door behind me for just a while and just pray in the Spirit. And I've found there's been times whenever I've just been really under so much pressure that I know this is one of the things I need to do. I just need to go and spend time with God. And when you spend time with God, it's just like in the natural, you get asleep, you get rested, you get your focus back on what Jesus has done for you. And you know what? You come out more energized to face the world, amen, and face the battles that are coming your way and the discouragement and things that have let you down or whatever. You just be energized to be able to take on life in a whole new manner, amen. Praise God. Amen. That's a wonderful benefit, isn't it? Here's another benefit that goes along with this. You get your batteries charged. Do you, know, you know, we're like a, we're like a, a, a rechargeable battery. <laughs> That's what we're like. You know, you buy, you buy a normal, but you go into the shop, you buy a normal battery. It's, it's always, you know, uh, it's at its best whenever you buy it. And then from there on in as you use it, it's just getting le- there's less and less energy in it until it's going to run out. But thank God we're not like that. We're like a rechargeable battery to where you can be charged up again. And you can stay charged does any of you leave your phone on the charge a lot? You know, it's just like on the charge. It never really gets down too far. You know, my phone, like usually this last while anyway, it's been maybe about maybe 30% or, or 50%, you know, whenever I'm going to bed at night. But I make sure it goes on the charge all night. And it's charged up again. It, it, I can't remember the last time my phone, you know, got to the bottom where it shut itself off. It stays charged. There's always charge. It's always a charge in it. Maybe you have a charge in your car or whatever, and you plug it in, and it keeps charging you know what that's the way we are we have the ability to recharge 
Amen. To be charged up. You, you, can, be, you can be even better than a Duracell bunny. Because a Duracell bunny at some stage is going to run out. But you don't ever have to run out. There's times you can become low. Because, you know, just giving out in life and going in life. But, you know what, thank God you can be recharged again. And one of the ways to be recharged is to pray in tongues. Amen. It's one of the benefits that we have. You know, it's not the only way to be charged. You know, being in the Word of God charges you up. How many of you know when you're in the Word, it charges you up? Have you ever had a revelation from God that just stirs up your faith and your charge? You know what? You could run into hell with a water pistol. You're that charged up. You're that excited about God. Amen. Um, the Bible says in Acts chapter 20 that Paul said to the pastors of Ephesus, he said to them, I, I, I commit you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. So the word of God can build you up. It can charge you up. But so can praying in the Spirit. It can charge you up as well. And so when you're low, when, you need, when you're facing life, or you, know, you, just, you just don't have that same <clears throat> about your Christian walk that you once had, well, you can be recharged. And you can, you can be as excited in God as you want to be. Amen. There's a lot of Christians, you find, you find, you find them at one time, they're really excited about God. And then years go on, and you know, there's no excitement. There's that spark that you used to have, it's not there anymore. And when you, if they would go and look at their life, you will find they're either cutting back on their, uh, their walk with God, as in they just, churches take it or leave it now. Or the Word of God is take it or leave it now. They just don't have the same hunger and don't have the same passion for the Word of God. And then you, you find their prayer life isn't the way it once was. And after a while, it has an effect on our lives. You can't run this Christian walk in natural strength. You have to do it in his strength. Amen? Amen. Just have to do it in his strength. So we can charge our batteries. Look what it says here. He that speaks in an unknown tongue. Look what it says here. He edifies himself. What that simply means is you build yourself up. So when you pray in the Spirit, you are building up yourself you're being built up. You're being charged up. It's like, it's like putting a plug in and sticking it to your mobile phone. Well, when you pray in the Spirit, it's the same way. You have energy coming into you, which is going to energize your life, refresh you to go and do whatever you have to do in life. Amen? You don't have to live out of your own strength. But it's not wonderful that we can be edified. Amen. We can be edified and we can be built up. Um, I, w- I was listening to a testimony of a, of a lady this week um, who done a lot of work um, in Hong Kong over the years, and um, she, she, one of the, the keys to her ministry was that she just prayed in the spirit. And she went into a place where there was so much evil happening, so much sin happening, so much corruption happening, so much abuse happening. And how did she survive? And how did she keep herself energized in those places? She said she prayed a lot in the Holy Ghost. And it energized her. And it gave her, you know, God spoke to her and ministered to her and showed her what to do. And you know what? She done great, great works. Her name has just went out of my head. So it has. Um, she had she, written a book years ago, Chasing the Dragon. And I um, can't remember her name, just off the top of my head. Jackie, Jackie Pollinger. That's it, Jackie Pollinger. And you know, one of the keys to her ministry was 
praying in the spirit. She went into uh, in in there into Hong Kong, and you know the corruption. You know what happened? They ended up the gangs and stuff. And stuff. They started protecting her and looking after. Her. And you know what? She just went in there and allowed God to minister to her and direct her. But one of the great keys in her life is that what she, what she used to do. She used to spend time every day, and it wasn't really a long, long period of time, but she spent time every day energizing herself and building herself up. Amen. I believe she's still there, um, ministering over there. So praise God. Here in Jude 1 and verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there's a refreshing, a rest. And there's also the ability to be edified and built up. Here, here's another wonderful thing here that, you know, I don't hear too many people really sharing along what I'm going to share here. But to me, this is one of the greatest benefits of praying in the Spirit. Now, you'll hear this being, being said, this verse. Let me just share this here for a moment and, and we'll, we'll start to, after this, we'll, we'll start to, to, to finish up. But in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Look at this. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Speaking mysteries here, the word for mysteries is it's basically talking about divine secrets. Um, when you pray in tongues, you're speaking forth divine secrets. But that, that simply means is this, you know when you pray in the Spirit, I said this last week, your, your tongue, it's like it can disconnect from your brain and connect with, your, with your, your spirit. And the Bible says when you speak in tongues, your spirit prays. So what part are you speaking whenever you, you speak in tongues? Well, it's your spirit. It's not your brain that's speaking. And here, here's something about your spirit that's so, so important to understand. Your spirit has more knowledge than your head. Right. Amen. Now, how many uh, you know? You know in your, in your own head, you know your own natural ability. Many forget things. Am I the only one that maybe forgets? Don will tell you. Donna can send me up the stairs and say, you know, hey, you get up them stairs and get that done for me. No, that's not the way she talks to me. She's usually more abrupt than that. No, I'm only joking. Um, no, Donna can say to me, Paul, will you go up the stairs and get me something? I say, uh, no problem, dear. I'd love to. I would absolutely love to. And so I get up and no, that's not true either. But so I go up the stairs and I get to the top of the stairs and I'm walking about up, up the stairs and, and I'm up there and I'm going. Hey, what on earth did she send me up here for? I, I forgot what she even told me from, from the living room up to the bedroom or whatever to go and get something or to go on. Usually she sends me up to go and put my electric blanket on. Donna sleeps with an electric blanket on all summer. My bed's like an oven, so it is. She puts it so all summer long, the electric blanket on. Winter just doesn't change. It's just, it's, it's just a yearly thing, put the electric blanket on. The amount of time she sent me up to put the electric blanket on, and I forgot to put it on. And then she's getting, <laughs> I hear her going up and get to the bed, and all you hear, did you forget to put that blanket on? <laughs> the bed's freezing. But in your natural, your head doesn't know as much as your spirit. <laughs> Amen. Your head doesn't have all the answers. 
your head actually can be very, very limited to what it knows. You know, to your natural ability, you only have the information that you have acquired, what you know presently at that time. That's all the information you have available to you at that present moment in time. But you know, when you pray in the Spirit, you, you can disconnect from your limited knowledge and you can hook up to your spirit man to where there is more knowledge. So that whenever you pray, you're not just praying what you know with your head. You're actually praying out of your spirit where there is more information. Your spirit knows more than your head. Has any of you ever had a situation where you've just known something but you don't know how you know? But you just know. You know you don't know your head. You don't know how you know you know. All you know is you know. And it's maybe not a knowledge thing as in like you would get from a book or whatever. It's just a knowing on the inside. That's because your spirit man has the ability to know things that your head doesn't know. You know only even the other week there, I just knew in my heart I had to phone someone. I was in the middle of making the dinner. Don will tell you, I was in the middle of making the dinner. I was making steaks. You know, and, and I, I like to spend a bit of time doing all this when I make stuff like that. And I just knew I need to stop doing this and go and phone someone. And I, I said, Donna, the dinner's going to be later tonight because I have to go and make a phone call. I don't know why I needed to phone the person. I just knew I needed to phone that person. And I just went and phoned him. And I just knew I had to talk to him. That could have been just to encourage them or whatever. I don't know. But I know this. That doesn't happen to me all the time. I know in my heart I knew I needed to do it. I hadn't even thought about it that day. It wasn't something that I'd been thinking about them or whatever. Oh, I need to give them a phone sometime. It was I, was I was making the dinner and I just knew in my heart I need to phone them. I've had that happen with me so many times where I've had things happen in my life where I've known I need to go and tax someone or I need to go and do something for someone. Not because my head knows, but because my heart knows. Because your heart knows more than your head. Amen? Look at this here for a second. Colossians 3 and verse 10, it says, um, And having put on new man, that's the born again part of us, which is renewed in knowledge. Amen? It's renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Do you know you've got a part of you that is renewed in knowledge. There's knowledge in your spirit that is not in your head. Amen? That's an interesting thought, isn't it? That's what you remember I said last week, you know, that when we leave this body and we're face to face with him, the Bible says that we're going to know him even as we are known. Because we have knowledge that's on the inside of us that we, we're not at this present moment in time sucking out everything out of that, but it's still in there because the new man has knowledge in it. It's like a download. You didn't learn this in school. It's just knowledge that was put in you at the new birth. You following my thinking? Amen. Look what it says here in 1 John 2 and verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides were in you. And you need not that any man teach you. So you have knowledge on the inside of you that wasn't taught. It's not a knowledge that people have taught you. You have just a knower on the inside. It's your spirit man. But as the same anointing teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie, even as you have been taught, you shall abide in him. Verse 20 here in the same chapter says, And you have an unction 
from the Holy One and you know how many things? All things. things. See, we say, no, I don't know all things. No, we don't know all things with our head. But in our spirit, man, we have knowledge in here that our head has not got access to. Amen? Now, here's the thing. When you pray in the spirit, what part of you is praying? Is it your head? Or is it your spirit? Spirit. Amen? So when the Bible says that you pray forth divine secrets, do you know what you're praying is? You're praying out of your spirit things that your head doesn't know about, but your spirit does. that's That's a lot for some people to grasp. But you know, when you're praying in the spirit, you could be praying about something that you're going to face next week, and you don't know you're going to face it next week, but your spirit man is praying and prepared already for it. Or you, you maybe need answers. You maybe need answers to something. You maybe need wisdom. That's why don't rely on your own wisdom. I've learned over the years to pray this, Jesus, you are my wisdom. The Bible says Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now you can have your own knowledge, or you can say, God, I receive your knowledge, and I receive the knowledge that you have for me. Amen? Um, here's another thing. I'm not going to share all of these, these scriptures here, but you can take note of this if you want. You know where it says, I has not seen, ear has not heard. But then it says, but the Holy Spirit has come to reveal these things unto us. And we have the Holy Spirit living in us that we made at the bottom here it says that we might freely know the things that are that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And so we have God living on the inside of us. And some people say, I don't know things. And that's true, we don't know a lot of things with our head. But we need to have faith that here at the bottom that you have the mind of Christ. Now you don't have the mind of Christ up here. You have the mind of Christ on the inside of you. Now, we renew our mind so that in, in, in our, our mind can be more renewed to God's Word. But you have an unction from the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you have the mind of Christ. And so, I, I'll tell you, your answers, whatever answers you need, are already in you in Christ. Amen. Amen? They're already in you in Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And you might not have seen where you're around. You might not know everything, but you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And the Bible says that he speaks to you spirit to spirit. So you have him living in you. The one that knows everything lives in you. That's why you are born again, renewed in knowledge, and you have the mind of Christ on the inside of you. So a great way to pray is to say, you know what, God, I I don't know what to do with my head. That is true, but I'm not limited to my head. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ on the inside of me. Let me tell you, when you need answers, you know one of the best things you can do is go and pray in the Spirit because the part of you that prays is your spirit. And your spirit has access to God ideas. Amen? Your spirit, you, you many know one, one idea from God can change your life forever. Just one idea, one thought. Have you ever noticed God can give you a thought? But in actual fact, it's like a paragraph. It's like a book. He can just give you a thought and that's it, boy. It's like, boom. You know what to do. Well, when you don't know what to do, do you know one of the best things you can do? Is go and pray in the Spirit. And pray out of your Spirit. Pray forth wisdom from God out of your Spirit. There, there's times I just go and pray in the Spirit. And I say, God, I don't know what to do about this situation. But you know what? You know. And I know on the inside because you live on the inside and I'm going to spend time praying in the spirit and what I'm speaking out my head doesn't know but I'm speaking out divine secrets 
And God, will you show me the answer? Will you show me what I'm praying out? And you know what? God can show you. God can show you. It might not be there and then, but God can show you. But you know what? When you're praying, you're praying stuff out of your spirit that your head cannot figure out and understand, but your spirit can. Amen? You know, that's a, that's a big thing to chew on. It really is. It really is. We're not limited to our head. I'm not that smart. In the natural, I'm not that smart. But I'm not limited to my ability and you're not limited to your ability. You know what? There could be businesses on the inside of you that you need to pray out. Amen? Could be a, you know, a relationship you need to pray out. You don't even know, you're, but you're praying it out. There's times when you face difficult situations, you say, God, I don't know, I don't even know how to pray about this. Well, you know what? You're not limited. You can pray in the Spirit. You know what it says here? When we don't know how to pray, you know, we are, we're in ourselves, we can be weak in ourselves, which just simply means we don't have it all together in our natural. That's the way the Bible says here is times, you know, when we don't know how to pray. If any has ever been in a situation and you just don't even know how to pray about it, you just go, God, I don't even know how to pray. Well, the Bible calls that an infirmity, which is a weakness. It's not a sickness. It's just a weakness. It's an inadequacy that we have in ourselves. There's times we come and we face things and we don't even know how to pray as we should pray. We don't know how to do it. But you know what? We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And when we pray in tongues, you are praying the perfect will of God for your life. Amen? It's a perfect prayer. And there's times when you don't know how to pray. But you know, you, you, even though you don't know how to pray, you're not limited. Because God's given you access to another prayer life. That when you don't know how to pray, that's your head. You need to allow your tongue to disconnect from your head and hook up with your spirit. Because in your spirit, you know all things. That's hard for people to grasp. That takes faith. Because I know myself how limited I am in my natural but I'll say I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And I may be limited in the natural, but I'm not limited in the spirit. I'm unlimited in the spirit. And so I can go and pray and ask God to minister to me, show me. Or I can pray in tongues when I don't even know how to pray. If God shows you while you're praying, that's okay. If he doesn't, just pray in faith and believe that God, I don't know what I'm, how I'm praying, but I don't even know how to pray. But my head doesn't know, but my spirit does. And when I pray, I'm praying the perfect will of God for my life. Amen. And that's what it goes on here to say. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, when you don't know how to pray, you can be in a situation. It doesn't say here all things are good. Some people read that, that, you know, no matter what happens in their life, they say, oh, this was God doing this to me. No, not everything is good. But God can take the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he can mix them together and bring something wonderful out of it. He can actually take your mess and turn it into a message when you give it to him. But you know, notice this is in the context of praying when you don't know how to pray. 
pray the perfect will of God. And even when you're looking at everything in your life and saying, God, I can't understand the situation that I'm in. But you just have faith that when you pray, you're praying the perfect will of God. And God's going to take everything and turn it around for your good. Amen. And so, isn't it great to know that? Amen. You know, I, I, you know it, just, it just says here, just as we're wrapping down. It says here to start, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, as we ought, verse 26. Look at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Do you know what? There's some things you don't know, and there's some things you do know. Amen? You can be a situation where you don't know what's going on, but here's what you do know. When I pray in the Spirit, I'm praying the perfect will of God, and God's working everything together for my good. So even when you don't know what's going on, there's something you can still do. You can know that when you pray in the Spirit and you love God, God's your number one. When God is the apple of your eye, and you realize you're the apple of His eye, and you've been receiving His love, and now you're so in love with Him. When you know that you're walking in love for him and in love with him amen and you're praying in the spirit that you're praying the perfect will of God you can have faith to say this all things are working together for my good that's not, that's not a prayer for someone saying oh do you know what my life's falling apart and all things are working together God's bringing all of these troubles into my life to perfect me God's bringing all of these troubles into my life he's just testing me so he is you know, so he give me a sickness and that's to test me No, that, that's, you know God's not the thief Amen? The faith comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Amen? But even if the faith comes, you keep praying in the Spirit, and you keep loving God, and God will take whatever the faith meant for good, and you see the weapon that he fashioned against him, God will take that weapon and create a platform out of it for you to shine for his glory. Amen? That's the way God works. And so we can either get discouraged I mean, I don't know what's going on, and we get so miserable and discouraged. I don't, I can't figure this out. I can't figure what's happening out in my life, and we just get miserable as Christians. Now, I hold on to the the verse twenty-eight, the one that I do know. I know this. All things are working together for my good. Why did this happen to you? I don't know why that happened to me, but all things are working together for my good. Amen. God will take your mess and turn it into a message. Amen. Amen. I'll quote these here and we'll close because I, I want to wrap this up this evening. But um, Praise and worship. When you pray in tongues, you're praising God. That's what they did on the day of Pentecost. They spoke the wonderful works of God. In, in Corinthians here it says, when you pray in tongues, you're giving thanks well. Sometimes you don't even know how to worship God. You know, if you're in the presence of God and you just, you just want to tell God really from the depths of your being how much you love Him, but your words just... You can't do it. But the Bible says you can speak, you can, you, can pray in, in, you, can, you can pray in tongues and you can pray with the understanding. It also says you can sing in tongues and you can sing with the understanding. Sometimes you don't know how to say things in worship. You just don't know what to do. You just can't express your heart. And it's like the old hymn that says, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my Redeemer's praises. If I had a thousand tongues, I still couldn't tell you how much I love you, God. And you know, what do you do? Are you limited at that time? No, your spirit man has a language and it can speak and communicate to God and you're speaking directly to God and you know what's coming out of your spirit? Worship. Amen. Worship, you're giving thanks well. Amen. That's a great verse. 
Here's, an, here's another thing. You have the ability to stir yourself up. When you pray in the Spirit, you're stirring your whole gifts up. You're stirring who you are up. I, I believe that's just what's happening. It means stir up means to fan into flames. When there's just, a, you know, just where the, the fire is just dimmed down. Do you know what it needs? It needs fanned. It needs air into it. And when we pray in the Spirit, you know what? We're fanning up our love for God, fanning up our gifts, fanning up our talents, fanning up our desires. And that's what's happening. That flame, it's become, we're becoming a flame, becoming a blaze for God. Amen? And that's another wonderful um, privilege and benefit of praying in the Spirit. Here's another one here. You have access to the gifts of the Spirit. Actually, praying in the Spirit opens up the door for us to flow with God. Amen? I heard a great story, and I'll close with this the night. I went a wee bit longer. A wee bit longer the night. Sorry. But anyway. But I'll finish with this. I remember hearing Bob Yandian saying, Bob Yandian's great pastor. He, he was the um, dean for Rhema um, Bible School for years and has a great church in Tulsa in America. Um, but I remember him saying there was a man used to come to his church that, that you know, when the, when the service, you know, would just, would just start, people just get healed in their seats. And, you know, just amazing miracles would start happening to people while they were sitting in their seats. People were, people were getting fillings filled in their teeth and not some gimmick. I mean, people were sitting there, their teeth were being filled. People were getting healed. You know what? Just amazing miracles were just happening. Just as a, as a service, just be, yeah, be talking and just miracles would be happening all around the service. And he used to say to the guy, he'd say, you know, what do you, how does this happen in your ministry? And he would say, do you know what I do is I, would, I will just spend, if I never I'm going to minister, I'll spend the whole time just speaking in tongues. And then I'll get up in the service and it's just, boy, the Holy Spirit starts moving that way. And he said, do you know what, I'm going to start doing that. So he started praying a lot in the Spirit. And he's a great Bible teacher. And you know what he found? He found whenever he got up and ministered, he found he, that he, it wasn't people getting healed everywhere. Do you know what he found? He found he taught better than he ever taught. Amen. He, he found that whenever he got up to minister, he was more in tune, more sensitive. Because when you pray in the Spirit, what you're doing is you stir up your gifts. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. See, that man, his gift, he was an evangelist. And so when he ministered, one of the, the things that follow an evangelist ministry is lots of signs and wonders. And so he was so in tune and so ready and in tune with the Spirit of God that that's what would happen. It would just break out everywhere. But you know what? When you pray in the Spirit, well, your, your giftings will come up. You'll become more sensitive and hungry to do what, what you're called to do. You may have a pa- passion start rising up on the inside of you, and that's your gifts being stirred up. And you know what? When you pray in the Spirit, God is ministering to you, and you're becoming sensitive to what He has called you to do. And you know, you know, even you know, if you're here tonight, and maybe you feel like you know that you're not as passionate and early as that you once were. You don't feel as hungry, or your giftings aren't as sensitive as they used to be. Do you know? You know what you need to do? Go back and start praying in the spirit amen just stirring up that hunger again just stirring up you know i'm not saying don't pray in the spirit all the time you can pray all types of prayers the bible says you can spend time with god put on the worship and different things but you know spend time with him and allow god to stir up your gifts and your talents and your abilities that he's placed on the inside of you and give you hunger and a passion for him like never before amen you know i believe our greatest days are ahead of us 
Amen. I really do. I believe, you know, uh, you know that God has got great things for us in life. And you know, if you've, if you've, if God, if you've seen God use your life in a powerful way, and whatever arena you feel you're called to, I'm telling you, God has greater days ahead for you, yeah. and more powerful days ahead for you. Amen. And so, hope this, hope this helps. Just looking at some of these benefits, I hope it just encourages again to be. To be hungry and to stir ourselves up um, and...